Good day to all our listeners and welcome to the Temba Tandega Leadership Institute podcast, specialists in organizational behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on both. It is simple economics. If leaders focus on staff engagement, their people stick around in their organization. If they stick around, they build better relationships with customers and provide a superior service. This leads to satisfied customers who become repeat customers and advocates for your business, which leads to exponential growth and profitability. If you want to increase profitability through staff engagement, stick around and listen to this podcast. We will focus on themes from Herman Duplessis' book titled Lead with Intent. Herman is the founder and director of TTLI. Links of where you can buy the book are available in the description area of this podcast. Good day, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode four of the Tema Tandeka Leadership Institute podcast. Uh, as you know, we're busy with our book, Lead with Intent. And today we're going to take a look at the principle of psychological safety. The practice is openness. And then the impact on your culture is transparency and truth. And today I have with me uh, Benjamin De Witte, uh, who is the managing director of DeLonghi. Now, most of you should know uh, who DeLonghi is. They, I think they're also, uh, what other brands? Kenwood and Braun in South Africa, have been. That's correct, Herman. Yes, yeah, all three it. brands. So we, we, uh, we're in DeLonghi's boardroom here today. It's beautiful. Beautiful pictures of coffee machines. I just had a wonderful cup of coffee from one of their machines called the Prima Donna, uh, which was incredible. Thank you, Ben. (laughs) Our pleasure. (laughs) Uh, And I love walking through your showroom. As you know, I've been here a couple of times. (laughs) Most people at Temba Tandeka... Uh, got a DeLonghi machine with a slight discount. <laughs> That's it, yes, took advantage, yeah? <laughs> and even some of our customers have uh, have come to your showroom here and actually bought <clears throat> some coffee machines or a blender or a, a bay mix or whatever it's called, you know. Yeah. Everybody loves coming to your showroom. Exactly. Yeah, so it's such an honor to have you on today, Ben, because uh, we've been journeying with you since 2020. We started... Uh, I think in, in about October 2020, we did the engagement survey with DeLonghi. Uh, and I think the results showed us a couple of issues, uh, which you tackled immediately. Uh, but what was amazing was just, wow, how, um, you know, you guys have grown uh, over the last two, three years. And the results has been incredible. And I actually want to get into that today. And I, uh, I think Ben for me, epitomizes a leader who lives psychological safety. I mean, you've really created this culture of openness here at DeLonghi, which has been amazing. Maybe just a bit of your background. Ben is a real family man. I mean, that's how we've uh, gotten to know you as well. Uh, I'll never forget our discussion uh, at Misty Hills when we had our conference there the first time telling uh, us about your twins and, That's uh, correct, yeah. <laughs> and the pains with that sometimes as well, <laughs> sure. managing expectations when it comes to twins. So Ben is married to uh, Melanie. She's a travel agent. Do you guys get discount through Melanie? Uh, 
surprisingly less than you might think. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking, we're getting discount from you on coffee That's machines it. and maybe <laughs> some travel deals. Yeah, right? exactly. So you have three kids, which includes the twins. Um, you enjoy cycling with your children to relax and whenever possible, you know, um, you'll find um, uh, Ben and his family on the road. Eh? You guys like traveling, obviously. Ben, you completed a BCom through UNISA, specializing in management and transport economics. Um, you've held a number of sales and marketing positions during your career. I like salespeople, eh? Because yeah. you guys have a sense of urgency, don't you, eh? Always. Always <laughs> chasing that number. Always chasing the numbers. I love That's that. Um, in my book, I, I actually tell the story of one of my mentors who said to me, Herman, it's not love that makes the world go round. <laughs> it's not money that makes the world go round. It's sales. Sales, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, makes sense. Yeah, so most recently, Ben has been working in the appliance industry. You're at DeLonghi, obviously, uh, and you've been responsible for the customer experience, sales for the Sub-Saharan Africa region, um, sales director, among other positions. And then during 2020, just before we got to meet you, uh, you got promoted into the position of managing director, DeLonghi, South Africa. Away from the office, Ben, I never knew this about you, hey? You're a member of Toastmasters, and you've held a number of positions there, including Vice President of Public Relations, Vice President uh, Membership, and President of the club. I never knew that. Yes, uh, I must say it's been a very rewarding um, pastime, let me say. I, I think from a um, public speaking point of view, but also from a leadership point of view, uh, it's been um, really very valuable. Okay. Uh, obviously, many people know mainly... Uh, the public speaking part of Toastmasters, but there's a strong focus on leadership as well, and I think okay. has, has really helped me a great deal. Okay, wonderful. Well, there we go. Guys, if you're struggling with public speaking and leadership, Toastmasters. Mm, eh? Definitely worth looking at. Okay, great. I've never been to, to any meeting of any kind regarding Toastmasters, so maybe it's something I need to check out. Yeah, well, you, we should definitely chat because uh, there's also opportunities for guest speakers uh, and considering okay. your subject matter, I think uh, there's a great fit. Okay, wonderful. Let's do that. So Ben, my first question today, what is life like currently for Ben and the family? How's it going? Uh, Hadman, I would say second half of the year is always a busy time of the year. Uh, obviously, as um, as most people would be experiencing right now, there's um, uh, everybody looking towards your end. Uh, obviously, a strong focus on making sure that the results are are looking uh, are looking good from a from a business point of view. Okay. Uh, our financial year end is uh, end of December. Uh, obviously, not, that's not the same for all companies, but. Yeah. Certainly for us, there's a strong focus to make sure that we uh, hit whatever targets we have um, from, a, from a business point of view. But for the family, obviously, uh, school is winding down as well. We're heading into exams. The, How old the are the kids now, Ben? Children are, are 13 and 16. Okay. So the twins are 13, uh, eldest uh, daughter Are is they 16. finishing primary school now? Yes, correct. Okay. So uh, looking forward to high school next year. Uh, that's... Um, uh, you know, some of those activities are already <laughs> starting now, yeah. you know, selection of sports teams and that sort of thing already starting to kick off. So wow. uh, that's um, something that they are busy looking into. Uh, obviously, the studies for exams coming up, um, exams start in a couple of days. Yeah. So a lot of uh, focus from the children on, on studies as well. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think uh, fortunately with COVID having come to an end, uh, 
my wife's business is also picking up nicely, which nice. is which is good news. Uh, obviously, travel was a really tough place to be, but things seem to be coming right there. So, uh, last uh, let's say two months of the year, there's a, a strong focus just to get some of those big topics out of the way. Good, good. And um, I guess then my my second question is, what's business like for DeLonghi right now? And uh, what affects your business at this stage? Is that the power coming back? Yes, yes. Hey, load shedding's <laughs> over. That's it. <laughs> so I, I must say over the last, let's say, two years or so, or uh, close to three years now since the beginning of COVID, um, we've spoken many times that, in fact, COVID uh, gave us a great deal of tailwinds. Yeah. So you could imagine that uh, with many of our consumers and, and you know, from our personal experience, uh, we've spent a great deal of time at home at some stages not being able to go to the movies or go to restaurants or uh, even buy takeout at some mm-hmm. stages. So uh, naturally, because of that, uh, most of our consumers were spending more time at home and wanted to be able to prepare their own food at home, uh, also prepare great coffee at home. So we've really been a beneficiary of that. Uh, yeah. So we had many people with extra disposable income being able to spend that on appliances. Great. And... Uh, Obviously, because that situation has now changed, uh, obviously things are getting more or less back to normal. Okay. Restaurants are open, movies are open. Um, so, you know, the amount of disposable people uh, income people have today is a little bit different. So, um, naturally, uh, we've seen some drop in demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I must say, you know, we've been quite fortunate over the last couple of years. We've introduced a wider range of products. So. We've certainly not felt that in the same way that we would have, you know, not having launched all okay. of those new products. So, uh, all in all, business is looking good and uh, looking forward to a strong finish to the year. Yeah, I mean, I remember those discussions in our strategic sessions. You, you, you launched seventy-one new products in twenty twenty-one. Correct. And this year, uh, this year the the number has been substantially less. Um, okay. So we launched probably about thirteen or fourteen new products this wow. year. Yeah. Um, obviously, we did have some um, uh, obsolete products which uh, would have uh, yeah. disappeared from the range, but um, uh, we saw this year as an opportunity to consolidate, obviously make sure that we're executing successfully on the new products that we did launch. Yeah. And um, yes, of course, uh, you know some products were a little more uh, successful than others, but um, yeah, it really was a chance for us to consolidate and make sure we're doing a good job with the portfolio that we have. Okay, great, great. Um, so in terms of sales, um, what has the increase been since 2020 for you guys, if you have to put a percentage to it? Because I know it's been significant. Mm. Um, probably. And you don't have to divulge yeah. confidential information. Sure, I mean, sure. We're looking probably uh, around about the 25% mark. So wow. a significant uh, Okay, okay, that's great. Mm, so really that's year on year, hey? Yes. Since 2020, yep. it's incredible. And in terms of turnover then, I mean, that's been uh, the same. It's just grown. Yeah, so th- what I'm referring to there is, is turnover. Okay, okay, um, wonderful. So, yeah, uh, we've really been very blessed uh, to be in this kind of position. Okay, great. So, Ben, let's get to the book. Yeah. <laughs> 
so I, I remember dropping a copy off early, I think on a Monday morning here, That's right. uh, you know, for you. Uh, so tell me about the book. I mean, you were at the launch as well. I mean, did, did you find it helpful? Uh, definitely, yes. Um, okay. So you, you're right, I got a, managed to get a signed copy by the <laughs> author himself, so uh, thank you for that. I managed to get through it uh, quite quickly because I think that uh, it's really uh, very easy to read. Um, there's some uh, great real-life examples of uh, different clients that you've dealt with in the past that really um, support the, uh, the theory behind what you are advocating. Yeah. And um, I, I must say, it's something that I really enjoyed reading and was very easy to read. I, I probably finished it within about uh, a week or two. Sometimes that can be a bit longer because, you know, yeah. don't have a great deal of time. But I really wanted to get through it because it was engaging and, and as I say, really easy to read. Um, I think I shared with you while we were, bef before we hit recording, um, the one, one of the uh, other aspects of the book which I really like is the recommended reading part because yeah. there's many topics which are uh, really important and you know if you really want to delve deeper into the subject, there's a great subject matter that you refer yeah. to. Yeah. I think that's, um, um, you know, if, if, if you write a book, you realize, hey, I didn't learn all of this by myself in a, in an, uh, in, in a vacuum, you know. Mm. <laughs> I was... I was influenced by so many researchers and business leaders. And, um, you know, the book is really, um, I think, a, uh, a testimony of how much we've actually learned from our um, uh, clients. You know, uh, consult we have a saying in consulting, you know, that if you, if you can't do it, you teach it. And if you can't teach, you consult about it. <laughs> so that's where we are, you know. So you're right. I think what we try to do is encourage people that, hey, uh, you know, for instance, today we talk about psychological safety. If that's an issue for you, go and buy Amy Edmondson's book, The Fearless Organization, and read it, you know, because she's got such good content in there that just delves deeper. Okay, great. So why would you say is psychological safety important for you here at DeLonghi as the managing director, Ben? I think for DeLonghi, but probably one can apply this to, to most organizations, I think that if, if we don't have psychological safety for our, you know, the people that are working in your team, very often you don't get to know what's actually going on in the business. Uh, especially if you are leading an organization and perhaps are removed from the coalface, let's say, uh, it's those people that need to come to you and say, look, I have a problem. Uh, I'm not able to deliver this because I have don't have the resources, I don't have the skills, or uh, I made a mistake, or you know something has gone wrong. Uh, whether that's in or out of their control, somebody needs to come and, and say to you, this is the problem that I'm facing. Uh, I think in some organizations where psychological safety hasn't been established, those people tend to keep quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's only much later that you get to hear that you know, some sort of problem exists. Uh, meanwhile, you, know, you may have lost some clients, you may have uh, lost uh, some income, uh, and obviously no business wants to be in that position. Uh, I think that if we create that environment, people will be more willing to come to you to say, look, I made a mistake or I have this problem or I need some help or so some, some support. And then, you know, 
it's up to us as leaders to to address that. Uh, you know, how do we give that person the skills and the knowledge and the resources to be able to them, uh, for them to achieve the objectives? Yeah. Um, and I know that's not always easy, and we don't always get it right. Mm. Uh, sometimes, you know, despite the fact that we would like to create that environment and we believe we have, if our employees don't see it, it's yeah, like it's it doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. I must say, you know, I've, I've enjoyed the engagements with DeLonghi and I've always found, uh, you know, uh, people quite honest and open. So, you know, when, when I thought about this chapter, I really thought about DeLonghi. I just think you guys get, get you know, psychological safety right uh, and I think it, it has a lot to do with you. I don't know if the previous leadership over here got that right as well, but you obviously moved from sales into the managing director role. Um, where, where do you currently see the impact of low levels of psychological safety in DeLonghi? You know, and you can answer that now because I was thinking you have agents and shops all over the show. You know, uh, so, uh, where, where do you think there might be a problem regarding psychological safety? I think probably the areas that we constantly need to work on is particularly if we have some new members to the team or um, new members of the team moving into more senior positions. So first of all, if we deal with new arrivals at the company, they don't necessarily feel that on day one. Yes. Um, yes, it might be something that we say. So uh, usually what we try and do with new employees, we have an induction session with the, the lead team. So we have uh, four members of the lead team. That uh, new person has a, a session with the lead team so that we can understand each other uh, from a personal level. You know, who is the new employee? Who is the lead team? They get to interact with each other. And, and yes, we, we may say, look, this is a safe space. You can share any kind of feedback that... Uh, is relevant uh, and important to give. Uh, but until they experience it for themselves, they may not feel comfortable to, to share anything that might be you know, controversial or a bit sensitive. Uh, I also think that you know, when we have people moving into new managerial positions, they don't necessarily see that as their top priority. They want to master the job, make sure that they are managing their team well, and they want to look good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, they want to justify the fact that they've yes. been promoted. And, uh, you know, creating psychological uh, safety is not necessarily on the top of their list. So I think that's probably the two areas. And then they might push people a bit hard, eh, to get results that exactly. they want. And they might become a bit of a bully sometimes. That's definitely a possibility. Yep. How do you try and foster psychological safety at DeLonghi? So, uh, as I mentioned to you before, we, we try and tell people that it's a safe space, yes. but I, I think it, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. It's also a case of demonstrating that. Mm -hmm. um, if I think about some of the meetings that, uh, that we usually run, some which are recurring and uh, deal with a fairly large sort of team, uh, I, I can think of um, uh, a few occasions where at the start of the meeting we'll say, look, uh, you know, this is a safe space. If you have feedback to share, something that works or something that doesn't work, please feel free to do so. Um, but then it's actually witnessing that taking place during the meeting that might give somebody the confidence to say, okay, I've just seen somebody share their feedback without any consequences and negative impact. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel comfortable to do that too. Mm -hmm. I think also 
particularly for somebody in a in a leadership position, it's it's also important for them to be vulnerable during that session. So if something doesn't work for me, or if I made a mistake, uh, I need to own up to that and mm-hmm. say, look, uh, your expectation was that I make a decision on this. I didn't do it. Uh, I I should have done it. It's it's important. Mm-hmm. And okay, it's on me. I take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when people see that yeah. that they are more willing then yeah. to. I, I, I must say, in our um, in our sessions um, here at the Longi that we've had, particularly with the strategic sessions, you know, I could see um, the guys uh, speak their minds really open, and um, and then I could see sometimes on your face you disagree, but you you stay engaged and you listen. And the way you respond is very non-threatening. You know, sometimes with leaders, you know, they get so frustrated because they feel, but we're not on the same page, and they go off on their people, and then everybody says, okay, let's just get on the same page. <laughs> but where I think what I saw with you is, you know, there's a there's a calmness. You know, I've had so many people at the Longi say we haven't seen Ben lost his temper once. You know, and I think that helps a lot. So so there's an an openness. Your reaction as the managing director, I think, sets the tone for how people react. And then let's say you see one of your exec members. Who's your finance? Uh, uh, Lumka. Yeah. Lumka, so yes. Lumka, let's say Lumka loses it with her team and you see that. You know, How would you address that with Lumka? I think it's uh, really important to address that as soon as possible, obviously yeah. in the correct forum yeah. uh, in probably uh, to take her aside and have a chat with her to say, look, uh, you know, we can understand that, you know, perhaps the situation is um, far from ideal and, and perhaps frustrating for you as well. But, you know, maybe we can think about responding in a different way, something that would be, would have an, a positive impact on the team rather than something that might be demoralizing, um, you know, Obviously, this is a professional environment. We ask people to be uh, to treat their uh, colleagues with respect, mm. and I think that's the least we can do. Mm. Um, and to be honest, uh, you know, reacting in a you uh, know uh, in a way which is threatening and in in a way which might be seen as shouting or uh, in a negative uh, way is not going to have the mm. the desired outcome. You know. Tomorrow we need to work with these people again. You know, what is it that I can do in my reaction to make sure that tomorrow, I, you know, I don't lose face or mm-hmm. they don't lose respect for me? Mm-hmm. You know, we want this to be an, a long-lasting relationship. It's yeah. not just for today. Yeah, it's got to be sustainable. Yes. And I think what's great about you is even though you always stay calm, Ben, you're always prepared to have the difficult conversations. And sometimes that's difficult. Um, well, that's it. It's difficult. Yeah. And a lot of leaders are not prepared to do that. So they're just nice with everybody. And if they see people misbehave, they keep quiet. As long as they produce the results, you know. We always want to see the results. And sometimes we'll accept the behavior as long as the results are good. Yes. But that has a massive impact on psychological safety. No doubt. And in a way, that's the beginning of the end then, eh? Is, so having those difficult conversations with your exec team that this is not the behavior I want as the managing director, it's not in line with the DeLonghi values, that's crucial. It, it's true what you say. I, I must say I'm fortunate I've got a great uh, leadership team and uh, you know, that kind of situation hardly ever happens. But of course, uh, you know, 
as you know, in our open plan area, you know, it's conducive to allow the team to be able to interact with each other very quickly and easily and, and allows people to be very agile, but it also allows then people to sometimes um, you know, crack a joke which might not be 100% uh, appropriate or uh, you know, make a comment which is perhaps unfair to another team. Yeah. And you know, if I'm um, seen to be hearing that and taking no action, you know, people will say, really, uh, you know, my boss heard that or the managing director heard that and did nothing. You know, it's, it's not okay. Why is one person allowed to get away with this? So uh, those difficult conversations, like you say, are difficult by nature, but it's something that we have to have because otherwise we, we lose credibility. And I mean, if that festers in the culture, that's so detrimental to results at the end of the day. Yes, definitely. Right, so... Ben, have you experienced a situation where truth was withheld from you because of a fear to speak up? Uh, yes, I, I can definitely say that has happened. Okay. Um, it's, it's really interesting how, um, how you become aware of these things because very often, uh, you know, instead of the person who has the uh, issue or problem or would like to say something, will tell somebody else. And eventually you'll, you'll get to hear that. And again, I think it's important to address that because with the culture that we're trying to build, I, I would like to go back to the person who has the issue to say, look, it's, it's completely okay for you to come and raise that issue with me. Let's, let's talk about it. Or, or so you invite them in, hey? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, in fact, just this week, uh, we had a, an interesting situation where... Um, we had some internal vacancy and uh, somebody wanted to apply but didn't and uh, the deadline passed without any, uh, without any application and I heard via the grapevine that somebody, uh, uh, that this person wanted to apply but didn't. So I, I, I gave them a call and said, look, you know, please tell me a little bit more, give, share some, some feedback with me. What is it that we did that uh, wasn't ideal? And uh, eventually the feedback came out, which was really interesting. So, again, despite the fact that we say it's a safe space, mm -hmm. despite the fact that we sort of demonstrate that, um, you know, there's no uh, negative repercussions for speaking up, you know, we, we still need to uh, encourage people to do that. Yeah. Sometimes they, they lose sight of that. Yeah, and it's great because there's a diligence there, hey, to make sure that the culture stays open. Because if there's no openness, you know, then obviously there won't be any psychological safety. And there won't be any transparency, and you won't hear the truth. Um, see, most leaders I uh, work with, especially when I start, they, they would be like, well, if they don't want to apply, that's their problem, yes. you know, and they just move on. Where I like the openness you have to say, wow, okay, why? You know, just be curious a bit, figure out what's happening sure. here. Uh, so there's a great diligence behind that, which I like. So how have you seen the impact of psychological safety in your business since you've become managing director and you've really fostered this culture? Uh, what would you say has been the positive impact? I think the uh, impact that it has had on our business is uh, significant because when we have uh, problem areas in the business, which I perhaps am not uh, entirely aware of, somebody will come to me and say, look, 
this is what I need to deliver. But for me to deliver, I also need this part of the business to support me. Okay. And I feel like I'm not getting the support or it's not working as well as it should be or that person has a problem because they have a shortage of resources or you know, the load on them is too much at this stage. Mm. And uh, based on that information, you know, we can make a plan to try and address that. So either give them this, the skills or the support or uh, provide some um, ad- another team member to help them out to get through the workload. Um, obviously, I'm only one person and I don't have eyes in every area of the business. So we rely on people to come to us and to tell us, look, this is not working as it should. Mm-hmm. You know, please, can you address that? And very often they will come up with a suggestion to say, look, I believe we can also solve it by doing X. And if that's a good solution, it, it's cost effective, it's efficient, you know, let's, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really gratifying for uh, myself as a, as a leader when people come to me and say, look, we have this problem, but I've already thought of a solution. What do you think of that? Mm. Does it work for you? Uh, that's really great. So there's, there's a higher level of ownership at the end of the day, you know, which makes your work a lot easier. No doubt. Yeah. No yeah. doubt about that. Um, I mean, there's a saying in management uh, that the higher you move up in an organization, the less truth you hear, mm-hmm. because everybody tells their boss what they want to hear and not what they need to hear. And with psychological safety... You know, there's no interpersonal risk. So I will tell my boss what he needs to hear, not what he wants to hear, because then we can solve real problems. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, uh, I can think of a recent uh, interaction with one of our uh, long-standing employees who's recently left the business, and uh, she was really the kind of person that would, you, you know, be very upfront with any kind of issue she might be facing or, you know, that... Uh, she may be experiencing within the business and uh, sometimes it's tough to hear Mm. but what is great is that she felt comfortable enough to share that with me and and uh, you know gives me an opportunity to either address it or solve the problem or you know work with her to uh, you know to improve the business Mm. Um, and and, you know at that stage you might feel like okay this is uh, you know is it a personal attack on me and and in fact it's not it's uh, it's done in such a way so that you know the business can benefit as a result of that. So great, uh, and that's what you want, eh? What yeah. more can you ask for? Exactly. Yeah. So I think to to be open, you've got to park your ego a bit as well, you know, and not yes. take those things personal. Personally, yes. So the tough question for most people, I think, Ben, when it comes to psychological safety, is how do I balance that, but also hold my people accountable for their performance. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yeah. that's the tough part. Hey, how, how do you do that at DeLonghi? Um, look, I think that, uh, that you're right. Um, but in any business, we obviously want to hold our teams accountable for the objectives and deliverables that we uh, expect from them. Mm-hmm. And I think if it's a case of the person being proactive, saying, look, I'm having this issue or this problem and, and I'm having a problem being able to deliver what I'm expected to, you know, then we can uh, work on a solution and uh, put some measures in place to help them to get to where they're going. I think performance management is a, a little bit different because very often in that case, we are uh, measuring against a particular KPR, whether mm. that's a sales target or spe- specific deliverables uh, by a certain due date. And if those are not being met, you know, we can consult with the with the team member and, and understand where perhaps uh, the shortcomings might be, 
you know, is it something that uh, we can do to help them to, to address that? Uh, or is it something that, you know, it's, it's purely a performance thing, mm -hmm. the, the person isn't necessarily interested in delivering that. And very quickly, I think we'll understand whether it's um, the team members' um, shortcomings mm -hmm. or if it's a resource or, or okay. a skill problem. And, and very often that employee wants to do the job. They want to be able to deliver on time. And it's perhaps a case of just supplementing with resources okay. or skills. But um, I think it's also important to be uh, consistent with um, holding teams accountable yes. for, for their deliverables because other parts of the business may be looking at that and saying, look, this person is allowed to get away with not delivering what they mm. are required to. You know, I can do that too, and, mm. and I'll also get away with it. So mm. that's also not always uh, easy to do, especially when we have uh, people with different workloads. Perhaps we might excuse somebody who you know, for the moment is overloaded and might be late on one or two deliverables. You know, we might look the other way because we know their, their yep. situation. But uh, in the main, we need to be really consistent with uh, holding people accountable. Yeah. And I think to, to get the right results, you'd need both. You need psychological safety, but you also need performance accountability. I've got a diagram in the book of Amy Edmondson um, you know, where she has a, a little two-by-two two, um, just to explain the dynamic. So if there's only psychological safety and no performance accountability, it's a comfort zone. Yes. And people don't grow. If there's only performance accountability and no psychological safety, it's the anxiety zone. Yes, you have that <laughs> sick feeling yeah. every time you meet with your boss. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have both of those, she talks about the growth zone. And I really think that's where DeLonghi has been. You know, if you take a look at where you guys are, how you tackle problems, I mean, you guys are brilliant at executing your strategy. I mean, because we've been involved now for a couple of years in your strategy. I mean, all the goals that we've set for every single year, you guys have hit out the park. It's just incredible, um, you know, how everybody understands, you know, with the cascading of the strategy, what their accountability is in the process. But I really think it has to do with the psychological safety. Right, Ben, anything else from your side uh, regarding psychological safety? I mean, the time has just flown by. It's already... At 32 minutes. <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, one last uh, comment. Uh, I think uh, very often when feedback is sent uh, or, or given to us by our teams, uh, yeah. I, th I think we need to take the feedback seriously but not personally. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's tough to do because sometimes the feedback is about the way we act or yes. the way we approach uh, things. Um, so really to take it seriously yeah. but not personally. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's brilliant. If the leader sets that example, and I mean you do that great, then that would that will filter down into into the business. I mean you know who Brandt is. He firmly believes that the way the leader acts becomes the example. That's true. You know, and I think that's so important. So if Ben does not take things personally, but he takes the feedback seriously, then everybody will do that. So, I mean, thanks for that example, Ben. Uh, that's incredible, and um, you know it's uh, it's such an honor to to um, have you guys as a client at DeLonghi. Uh, there's a lot of perks to that in terms of coffee machines, <laughs> but um, but just seeing your leadership uh, and what's happened to this business since 2020 um, has been exciting. But it's been incredible, and congratulations, well done. 
Thank you very much, Herman. Uh, we've had uh, some help along the way from you and your team, so we certainly appreciate that. And thank you for the opportunity to join you on this, uh, on this episode. No, it's just a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, guys, that's it for today. Uh, we'll speak next month again, and uh, then we will dive into rehumanizing the workplace. And I will have another managing director with me. I will reveal that next month, and we'll be talking about how do we rehumanize the workplace environment. So thanks for your time. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening to the Temba Tandega Leadership Institute podcast. Specialists in Organizational Behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on board. If you need more information to assist you with staff engagement and leadership, please visit our website at www.ttli.co.za or email us at office at ttli.co.za. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Would you like to stand a chance to win a copy of Herman's book titled Lead with Intent? Then please share and like this podcast on your social media platforms. We will contact the winners when the competition ends.